0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Fireside Giants. I'm your host, Anthony Rivardo joined by my co-host, Alex Wilson, and it is NFL Scouting Combine Week. Joe Shane met with reporters today and dropped a whole bunch of draft nuggets for the New York Giants and discuss. Kind of some of their plans. Obviously, a lot of this has to be smoke screens. He's not going to tell everybody exactly what he's going to do, but he did provide some insight on the Giants process here as the gear up for free agency. And of course, ultimately, the 2024 NFL draft, he had some comments about Saquon Barkley, about Xavier McKinney, about Daniel Jones, about the other quarterbacks in this draft class and really about building through the draft and supplementing through free agency lot of great information from Joe Shane in today's episode. That's what we're going to be breaking down. But before we do so, make sure to leave a like if you do enjoy this episode. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. Ring the bell so you don't miss an episode. Comment your thoughts on the topics down below in the comment section. If you listen to Apple or Spotify, please make sure to leave us a five-star review. Go ahead and follow us on all of our social media channels at Fireside Giants. Without further ado, Alex, how are you doing today, my friend? And the first thing that I want to discuss with you is what Joe Shane said about Daniel Jones. He said, quote, I have faith in Daniel Jones as our starting quarterback, end quote. He was also called in from one of the callers on on Giant Huddle podcast, whatever it is, with John Schmelk And honestly, go watch that clip if you haven't seen it. It was hilarious. This guy called in just really angry, ripped into Daniel Jones for like two straight minutes, and then was like, Joe Shane, what the hell do you see in this guy? But Joe Shane just calmly kind of responded, was like, oh, thanks for your question, and discussed, you know, there's been a lot of bad performances for Daniel Jones, but he still has faith that he has the tools and the traits to make it as an NFL quarterback, and he wants to stand by him. I just want to know, Alex, your overall reaction, because... Obviously, Joe Shane has been asked about Daniel Jones several times already here at the Combine. He's going to continue to be asked about Daniel Jones at the Combine. And then, of course, asked about other quarterbacks at the Combine. So what are your overall thoughts and feelings about what Joe Shane has said about Daniel Jones so far?
1: Well, you know, I think he's saying all the right things. What is he supposed to say? Yeah, Daniel Jones stinks, and he's not our quarterback of the future. I think everyone in this, uh, including yourself and myself, that uh, would agree that that's probably not going to happen. I mean, you hear what the Atlanta Falcons GM said? He's said if we uh, if we had a quarterback, we probably wouldn't be standing here right now. Um, the Giants obviously protecting Daniel Jones, and and look. I think the truth is simple here. If Daniel Jones was making $15 million and he was on a one-year deal and, you know, they can move on, they would probably be saying, yeah, we're looking into the options at quarterback. But they don't. They have him on another year um, at a $46 million cap hit, and then they can take an out and still have to pay $22 million in dead money. So they have to stand by this guy. They have to speak well of him. Um, they have to protect his his image, and beca- just because it, as a worst-case scenario— Daniel Jones running it back next year. They don't want to be stuck in a position where now Daniel Jones knows the front office is looking to replace him. So, you know, the Giants, if the opportunity arises where they can find themselves a young quarterback that can be the future of the franchise, they'll pull the trigger. Jordan Ronan said it yesterday. The Giants are potentially thinking about moving up if the right opportunity comes across their desk. Multiple sources have told him this. This is not just Jordan Ronan, guys. This is like forty different NFL analysts have said this. Daniel Jeremiah hinted at it. How many more people could possibly have to say it before we before we wrap our heads around the idea that the Giants, if there's a chance to do it, will probably pull the trigger to move up in the draft to get a quarterback, um, or maybe take one at six if one drops. So, you know, at at the current juncture, I do believe that the Giants are saying all the right things, doing all the right stuff. You know, they're protecting their image, protecting Daniel Jones. This is this is classic, you know. This is mo stuff. This is this is face value stuff. This is draft stuff. This is the stuff you don't take any actual value in, um, because the team is saying it. They don't want to give away any any plans of theirs. So. You know, I appreciate the fact that they're protecting Daniel Jones' image as a worst-case scenario if he does run it back next year. And and that family you mentioned talked to him about the Minnesota game and said, you know, he did it in the Minnesota game, but why is everyone point to one game out of a five-year sample size to justify Daniel Jones' upside? And Joe Shane bounced back and said, well, you know, we know we have a player on the roster that can do something like that. Well, you know, my argument here is a lot of his production came on the ground. That's objectively true. Um, you know you know it. I know it. Everyone knows a lot of his production comes on the ground. You want to know who just tore their ACL and probably isn't going to have the same running game next year? Daniel Jones. So, you know, the mobility. We saw Saquon Barkley take a year, a full year to really get back to that full strength um, and trust his leg again. Daniel Jones is probably going to be something similar. Um, you know, maybe he bounces back a little bit faster. Even Wandale took him half a season to really get his, his groove, and we saw him start to pick it up during the second half of the year last year, and it was really, really good for us. But, um, you know, Daniel Jones has another neck injury, the ACL tear, the production is going to go down. His deep ball accuracy was horrendous uh, during the first couple of games of last season. Um, he's not great enough. You know what I mean? He's not great in enough games for us to keep it rolling with him. No matter what Joe Shane says, you're not going to beat Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. And if the ultimate goal is to win Super Bowls, which if your goal is not to win the Super Bowls, you should not be a gym in the NFL, you need a player that is going to be so good that they can beat Patrick Mahomes, that they can beat Lamar Jackson in the postseason, they can beat Josh Allen in the postseason. And the truth of the matter is that Daniel Jones is not good enough to ever do that. I mean, he, I know he beat Lamar Jackson, and kudos to him um, for that one big game. The defense really stood up and, and dominated, and thanks to Wink Martindale, Knowing Lamar Jackson like the back of his hand, we had a really good chance in that one. Uh, but the truth of the matter is that Daniel Jones has to be great a lot more. And he's he's good occasionally. He's great once in a month on a blue moon. It's not enough in the NFL. Um, and I think a lot of people would agree with that. Now, the people that don't agree with that, I I implore you to just look at the money. The money tells the full story, and and you know, we can save a lot of it. So, you know, Anthony, I, I don't really hold on much value in Joe Shane's speech today. I don't think it means anything. And every all the reporters are saying. It's just BS. It's just BS. It's just it's just talk. It's just stuff to protect the image of the franchise and their quarterback. That is it. So you know that's kind of where I stand on it. um But we know this already. Joe Shane's really good at hiding, you know, his moves and you know, playing playing his cards without you know giving them away.
0: Yeah, I stand with you. I mean, he said, "quote I have faith in Daniel Jones as our starting quarterback." End quote. That's the one that's going to grab the headlines. However. What else is he supposed to say? I'm in agreement with you, Alex. I mean, we see this year in and year out. Every single offseason, we see an NFL team say, that's our starting quarterback. That's our QB1. We have complete faith in him. And then they get traded two months later because they draft somebody new, right? We all remember Josh Rosen, Kyler Murray, that saga with the Arizona Cardinals. And there's been other more recent examples of that. So with the New York Giants, Daniel Jones, I don't think he's going to prevent them from taking the quarterback that they want if they have the opportunity to do so. But... It's also good that Joe Shane says, hey, Daniel Jones is our starting quarterback. We have faith in him because if that opportunity does not arise and they can't get that quarterback, they can always just fall back and say, hey, we always had faith in Daniel Jones. We said it a million times. We didn't really want a quarterback. That's just lies that you heard in the media. Even if it isn't, they now have built in a safety net for an excuse if they don't land that quarterback. So – They're doing it the right way. Joe Shane's doing the right thing, saying the right things. He also does acknowledge, though, that there are reasons to have concerns with Daniel Jones, which I appreciate. I feel like when Dave Gettleman was the general manager and he was questioned about Eli Manning or questioned about Daniel Jones, he always just kind of brushed it off and was like, I don't see these problems, I see a good player. But Joe Shane mentions like, yeah, the injuries, they're a little bit concerning, like there are injuries and there have been bad performances. Some of it's on me, some of it's on Daniel, he's got to be better. So I appreciate the way that Joe Shane has spoken to the media about the quarterback situation. But again, I'm not putting too much stock into just about anything that he says about the quarterback spot, because that's the most tight-lipped secret for the New York Giants. That's the one that they're going to guard with their lives. So they're going to say whatever they say about Daniel Jones, and they're going to feel whatever they feel about daniel jones and those two things don't necessarily have to be the same thing so moving on to the next topic of discussion though alex saquon barkley huge topic of discussion for the new york giants this offseason finally the scouting combine is here we know that this is the opportunity for joe shane to sit down with saquon barkley's representatives and have their first conversations for an extension this offseason of course as we know last offseason the extension talks, they fell through. They The Giants offered Saquon Barkley reportedly a deal worth $13 million per season. I don't think he's getting that same offer this year. The New York Post reported that the Giants won't give him that same offer. Maybe he gets it elsewhere. I feel like he doesn't. But $13 million per season, quite a lot of money that Saquon Barkley ultimately turned down just to play on a revised version of the franchise tag. Saquon, Bar- Saquon Barkley... Could get tagged again. Joe Shane said it's not off the table. It's a possibility and a tool that they have at their disposal. Adam Schefter yesterday, however, said that they're not going to use the franchise tag. So we'll see what they decide to do. But really what I think is going to happen here, you're going to have Joe Shane and Saquon's representative sit in a room during the scouting combine go over the contract and the offer that the Giants have for him. And that's probably going to be it. I don't think this is going to be a long, drawn-out process like it was last year. I think that this is going to get done rather quickly. If it does get done, either the Giants want to bring Saquon back and they're willing to pay him, Or they're not willing to pay him and he's going to go find a team that is willing to pay him that is how this feels like to me that, that it feels like it's going in that direction but alex what are your thoughts on joe shane his comments about saquon barkley you know saying that he still wants him back on this team the door is still open leaves the franchise tag open as a tool that they could use despite reports saying that they can't um how are you feeling about it do you think that ultimately saquon
1: barkley is going to sign an extension with this team well, I talked about it yesterday um, on my solo episode, and, and there's a new little piece of information I think you're going to find really interesting that Joe Shane said today. And you know what he said? He said the running back market is saturated. He said that there's plenty of running backs in this, dra- in this draft and free agency class. Um, what does that tell us, right? Two of his players – in the Buffalo, With the Buffalo Bills are free agents, Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. By the way, Singletary looked fantastic late season with the, with the Houston uh, Texans. And Zach Moss looked tremendous when Jonathan Taylor was out. He could sign either of those two guys at half the cost on one-year contracts and get pretty good value out of them. Um, Is it Saquon Barkley? No. But you're also not locking in 30 mil, 20 mil guarantee potentially on a running back that's 27 years old and headed towards the back end of his prime because, you know, as we know, running back primes are a lot shorter. Now you're losing the intangible traits that uh, Saquon brings as a leader. But maybe you go out and get a free agent that has leadership qualities, a guy that can bring that level of experience, someone that helps you know keep the locker room together, um, you know knows the coaching staff, knows Brian Dable. Like you know, there are guys. I don't know much about Zach Moss's personality or Devin Singletary, um, but they were really good last year and they seem to be pretty good teammates. So maybe that is something that the Giants would consider. But the fact that he came out and said, and, and to me this is a this is a move. This is one of those moves that tells it's a message to Saquon Barkley's agents that, that says. Yeah, the market's flush with talent. We don't need Saquon. So if you're gonna, if you want to stay here, we're gonna have to come to a compromise, and it's gonna be in favor of our uh, side of it. Because you don't actively go out and say when you're talking about bringing back Saquon Barkley that the market is saturated and full of good talent that you can find, right? You don't say those things um, unless you're trying to make a point that the running back position there's plenty of talent. They don't have to spend a lot, and they can get good value out of it. What are your thoughts on that? Because I think that was a like that's. That's a that's a key piece of information that may be overlooked, but I think it's really important and maybe sending a message to Saquon's agent saying, we're not bending down to your demands. You're bending down to ours.
0: I think it's a big deal, and it's a good point. And that's the right negotiating tactic for Joe Shane here to kind of mention that running backs are a dime a dozen. And that's the argument that everybody makes. All fans make it. NFL GMs make it. The argument is that you can find running backs wherever you want to find running backs. So you don't need to pay any running back. Quarterback, it's different. You need to pay certain quarterbacks. That's how the Giants felt last year. That's why Daniel Jones got that four-year $160 million deal. because quarterbacks are just so hard to find. It's not a saturated market. It's a very thin market. Finding a good quarterback, they're scarce. So you have to pay the ones that you find, even if you're not 100% convinced about them. And that's what the Giants did last offseason with Daniel Jones. But with running back... It's not like that. You don't have to be convinced in a running back because the margin of error or the, mar- the the difference between a guy like a Saquon and someone a tier or two tiers below, that margin is not as great as it is at the quarterback position, right? Because you're talking about a top five quarterback versus a top 20. That's a huge difference. But a top five running back versus a top 20 running back, it's not the biggest difference in the world. You can get by with a top 20 quarterback. Most NFL teams are running back. Rather, most NFL teams do. They sign. They sign lowly running backs in free agency make them their starter for the season uh, and then the next off season they rinse and repeat find a new guy and just bring him in other teams go ahead and draft somebody in the fifth round make him the starter and it works out just fine the top teams in the NFL do that. The the worst teams in the NFL, like the New York Giants for the last 10 years, invest their entire future into the running back position. And it hasn't worked out for them. And I think that it is time for a change. There are just so many running backs available this offseason, Alex. We have talked about numerous prospects that we think are mid-round draft picks. We're not even talking about the Giants investing a high pick, not even a first or a second round pick at that position. We're talking third, fourth, fifth round picks. That's what we've been focusing in on. And there's talent in those rounds for the Giants to target at the running back spot. And then if you go into free agency. Agency, Zach Moss, Devin Singletary, the list goes on and on. There's so many running backs available. So paying Saquon Barkley 10 to $13 million per season, honestly, it sounds irresponsible considering how large uh, of a saturated market you really have here at the running back spot. And I think that's what Saquon Barkley and Joe Shane are going to have to weigh here is the options. Saquon's gonna have some options. Joe Shane's gonna have some options. And ultimately what I think is going to happen... Saquon Barkley is going to hit the open market as an unrestricted free agent. He's going to negotiate with some teams and he's gonna get his highest offer possible. And if it's from the Giants, so be it. But I don't think it's going to be. I think that Joe Shane has kind of tipped his hand here and made it clear that Saquon Barkley, re-signing him isn't necessarily the top priority. Even though he said he wants him back and I understand that he probably does want him back. At that price point, I don't think it's realistic. And honestly, because the, the market is so saturated, Joe Shane makes such a good point. I I think that Saquon Barkley is going to go into free agency, and I think he's going to struggle to find the deal that he wants from the Giants or any other team. I don't think he's going to be getting the contract extension with the amount of guaranteed money and with the high AAV that he's been seeking for the past two years. I just don't think that 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 deal is out there for Barkley to find. I don't know any team, in my opinion, maybe the Texans, maybe the Cowboys. The Cowboys, why would they pay Saquon Barkley all that money if they have Tony Pollard, an in-house talent that they could pay the same amount? of money doesn't make much sense devin singletary again with the texans like you mentioned they got by with him i just don't know if there's really a team in the market for such an expensive running back this off season and i feel like once again we're going to see that position take a hit in its market value and it sucks to say because these players are great players and they deserve to get paid however it's just not reasonable with such a saturated market at that position so it's gonna be interesting to see what the giants do there but the decision that i am more interested in and i find way more important. Is the Xavier McKinney decision, Alex. I think that the New York Giants need to re-sign Xavier McKinney. He's 24 years old. He's a Pro Bowl caliber player. Arguably top 5 to 10 at his position. He didn't miss a single snap this past season. He's a great leader. The locker room respects him. The locker room loves him. And he's playing at the safety position, which does not take up a huge chunk of your salary cap space, even if you are the highest paid player at that position. I've gone on and on on this channel about Xavier McKinney, why I think he should get the extension. But finally, we heard from Joe Shane. He said that on Friday... They are starting their negotiations with Xavier McKinney's representatives. They have not started yet. So we were speculating last week. There were some tweets from Xavier McKinney, and we kind of heard some rumors. It sounded like the Giants had already begun those negotiations. Joe Shane Clarified said on Friday, those negotiations began. I'm very excited for them. But he also mentioned he wants Xavier McKinney back. And there was another quote that slipped under the cracks this week, Alex that I saw from John Mara. John Mara addressed the the Xavier McKinney kind of debacle, the ATV and the Wink Martindale stuff. He addressed all of it and said, it doesn't really affect our decision-making in terms of his contract. John Mara said that he feels like he's a young guy who learned from that mistake and became better for it, and we still want him in our long-term plans. That's what John Mara said. So if you got ownership saying they want this guy here long-term, and now you got the front office saying they want this guy here long-term, and you got me saying they want this guy here for the long-term, the Giants want this guy here for the long term. I think Xavier McKinney is going to be their top priority over Saquon Barkley this offseason. But Alex, what are your thoughts and feelings on Xavier McKinney, what Joe Shane had to say about him today, and really just generally speaking, uh, that safety market and how you're feeling about McKinney getting top dollar?
1: Well, McKinney's going to get top dollar. That safety market is thin. It's like Antoine Winfield Jr. and McKinney. Like Those are the two top guys. Um, both of them are going to get paid, especially because McKinney is not just a free safety. He's a strong safety. He's a, he can play slot corner. He can do everything for you. He can rush the passer from that position. Um, there's a lot of value that McKinney brings. And for what it's worth, I don't think the Giants can afford to lose two primary leaders in one offseason. You know, their, their team almost fell apart during the season last year. Those two guys helped keep it together. Um, I, I really don't think that they can lose both. They're going to have to probably lose one. Um, I guess I could bring both back, but I think they lose one of them, and I think it's going to be Saquon. I think that uh, ultimately long-term – look, the tr- and Anthony, you know, it, it comes to mind again – we talk about Saquon as a leader, but your quarterback should be the primary leader here. Daniel Jones should be the leader of that locker room. Saquon should not be the glue holding your offense together. It's gotta be the quarterback. And if we and and, and I kind of just hitting me all right now, the fact that we don't even consider Daniel Jones as the glue to that team, the glue to that offense, is a massive red flag a huge red flag. Think about all the teams um that have great quarterbacks and and Josh Allen, he keeps that offense together. Mahomes keeps that offense together. Burrow keeps that offense together. Lamar keeps that offense together. But Saquon keeps our offense together. Huge red flag, massive problem. Cannot continue. Must stop. Must stop now. (laughs) You know, you're paying your quarterback forty mil. He's got to be the vocal leader. He's got to be the one that carries the load here. Um, And I think that you know, we talk. Some people will say, "Well, Eli Manning didn't do that." Guys, Eli Manning was a winner. Eli Manning showed by example. Eli Manning won two Super Bowls. People followed Eli Manning because he he woke up every day and exuded excellence. um, You know, and exuded winning in the playoffs. I can't say the same thing about DJ. Look, DJ's a good dude. I don't have anything against him. I wish he panned out. We were fans of him for a long time. We prayed to the good football gods he would become, the quarterback we needed him to be. But unfortunately, now we're staring at a six overall pick that could lead to the future. And for what it's worth, uh, Joe Shane said something specific. I want to get your take on this too. Um, you know, Aside from the Xavier McKinney thing, you know my take on it. Got to extend him. He's a linchpin piece. We cannot afford to continue losing more pieces, um, losing more great pieces. And especially transitioning to a new defense, going to need him. Going to need him in that secondary. We barely have any money invested in the secondary. That's one of the few pieces we have to invest in. Um, You know, in terms of what Joe Shane said about the draft, he said, we want to continue building through the draft and supplementing in free agency. That's a long-term mentality, right? Building through the draft is a long-term mentality. You want to know what fits long-term mentalities when it comes to building through the draft? Drafting quarterbacks. Drafting quarterbacks – and opening up that rookie window. Um, the Giants have a lot of holes in the roster. They know that. They've acknowledged it. But they also had a pretty decent free agency last year. Aside from Paris Campbell, Bobby Okereke was an absolute home run. Ashawn Robinson, Nacho, solid players. Um, if they have a good free agency, draft the quarterback – I, I, my hot take is that we'll we'll make the playoffs next year if we draft a good a quarterback that like Caleb or May or you know or Jaden Daniels. My hot take right now is that we make the play we, we make a wild card. We're a wild card team next year. Um, I think that we were a couple of plays away this past season from being a wild card team without Daniel Jones. If you get a player, any of those three quarterbacks, in my opinion, is better than Daniel Jones on day one. Um, I think we make the postseason. Maybe that's a hot take. Um, I'll get your take on that, but. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I think that some of those guys will be better than DJ coming off an ACL. Can think about the context though. DJ coming off an ACL tear with a neck injury, one neck injury away from his career ending, all these all these things, rotating pieces. Um, you know, I, I, I really do think that a young passer with a full bill, a clean bill of health and, you know, bright future ahead of him may be the way to go in, in, in terms of increasing our probability of making the postseason.
0: Yeah, really, I've given my take on this before. I've just kind of done it in a different roundabout way by saying that the New York Giants in 2023 were not that far away from making the playoffs. They were three plays away, and a quarterback was the difference on all three of those plays. And really, I think any of those three rookie quarterbacks that you just mentioned, Jaden Daniels, Caleb Williams, or Drake May, they have the talent to make those three plays, which is why I've been advocating so hard for the Giants to go after that quarterback. Now, I'm not saying that the Giants are a quarterback away. not a quarterback away from being contending Super Bowl they're not they're not that they're not going to contend for Super Bowl 2024 no quarterback is stepping in and making them Super Bowl contenders unless it's Jesus Christ himself right but what they were in 2023 was three plays away from the playoffs you have uh, Buffalo Monday Night Football or Sunday Night Football whatever it was one yard line Tyrod Taylor messes it up. They don't score the touchdown. They lose that game. Okay, now fast forward against the New York Jets. Tyrod Taylor gets knocked out of that game. Tommy DeVito goes in. It's a game that the Giants have a stronghold on. There's no way that they should have lost that game. However, they refuse to let Tommy DeVito throw the football past the line of scrimmage. Ultimately, it sunk them. Had they had a quarterback that was good, could throw the ball forward, and could get them uh, first downs at that point in the game, they would have won that game. There's two games, and it really is a difference between two plays. There was a third down in that Jets game. If they convert... They win. Okay, now the third opportunity to make the playoffs would have been against the Los Angeles Rams to close the season. I think that was what, week 17? Um, versus the Rams, two-point conversion attempt. Tyrod Taylor throws a wobbly duck two yards behind Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley can't bring it in. The Giants lose that game. Three plays. The Giants would have had nine wins on the season if they convert on those three plays. Nine wins, plus they beat Green Bay, who was the seventh seed. They would have had the tiebreaker over the Packers, and the Giants would have made the playoffs, and a quarterback was the difference. So like I said, The Giants are not a quarterback away from being Super Bowl contenders, but they are a quarterback away from being playoff contenders, a fringe playoff team. And that's a lot better than we've been able to say for the Giants for the last six years with Daniel Jones. We made the playoffs as a fringe playoff team in 2012, so he got that extension and he bought himself more time. But... Looking at the last six years in its entirety, Daniel Jones has not been that player for the New York Giants that is the difference on those three plays. The Giants need to find the quarterback that is the difference on those three plays, and I think that they can find him in this year's draft class. So that's really my take on it. They're not a quarterback away. They're not going to be Super Bowl contenders in 2024. Absolutely not. But in terms of making those three plays and making more of those plays, more plays like that you got to find the quarterback who makes those plays, who executes in those moments and in those dire situations and can pull you out of a tight game and make it his own game. Finding a quarterback who's got that kind of – takeover ability. That's what the Giants need to find. They haven't had that since Eli Manning. And honestly, Eli Manning didn't have that towards the tail end of his career either. I mean, I think he kind of lost that ability around 2017, maybe 16 even when they went—the last went to the playoffs. Since then, I mean, one of the Giants had a quarterback that could take over a game. Uh, maybe you could argue Daniel Jones has done it a couple times, the Tampa Bay game, his first start of his career, maybe the Minnesota game, you want to argue, the Saints game that he played really well in. But it's not like I'm just listing games and like have so many that I'm forgetting off the list. It's kind of difficult to find those Daniel Jones takeover games that he wields the team to victory in. It's really tough to find those. and. I think that it's really tough to find games where Patrick Mahomes hasn't done that, where Josh Allen hasn't done that. Meanwhile, it's hard to find games where Daniel Jones has done that. And that's kind of the difference here. And that's what I want the New York Giants to do is go into this offseason, find a quarterback that is the difference, that makes those plays, takes over games, wins the games for his team. They're not going to have that with Daniel Jones or Tyrod Taylor or any lowly backup. I I love Tommy DeVito as a guy, but as a football player, I mean, he's not going to be that guy for them either. They need to go out there and find that dynamic rookie quarterback for Brian Dable to finally develop, make his own, and turn into that fire starter for the New York Giants. That's how I feel about it. So. That's really my take. You ask me, what is my take on it? I don't think that the Giants are that far off. So if you think that they could go in to 2024 with a rookie quarterback and make the playoffs, I don't necessarily disagree with you because this is still very similar to the good roster that they had in 2022 that made the playoffs. But quarterback inconsistency caught up with them in 2023. That's why they missed the playoffs in 2024. If you find that consistency at quarterback and if you improve that quarterback position, absolutely, I I think that this team should still be a playoff team.
1: Yeah, I th- I think you're right, and, and look, the truth is right now is that a lot of people have said it in recent conversations that I've had um, that the Giants don't have a great roster, and I and I would agree to it to a certain degree. It's not the Carolina Panthers, my friends. You know, we have a bona fide star at left tackle. We have a bona fide superstar at defensive interior um, in Dexter Lawrence. We have a very nice crop of young talent. Deontay Banks. You know, if you keep Xavier McKinney. Jason Pinnock, Bobby O'Carake is a stud. Um, you know, you look at some of the other players on this team that have a lot of upside, you know, that we haven't even seen really tap the tap their potential yet. Wandale Robinson, Jalen Hyatt. Uh, we misused, in my opinion, Daniel Bellinger significantly last year. Uh, there are guys on this roster that are very solid and, you know, not to mention John Michael Schmitz, too. Um, I like where this team is going in terms of the the talent that we have and the young talent that we have. The coaching last year was suspect to a degree. And one thing that I think you'll appreciate is, uh, Joe Shane, that Shane Bowen's defense is going to be all about attacking uh, rushing the passer. That promotes a much better version of Kayvon Thibodeau. Much better. Not just a little bit better, a much better version, Um, which I'm very excited to see because you don't spend the fifth overall pick on Kayvon Thibodeau to not use him the way he was supposed to be used. We're going to see Kayvon Thibodeau probably be a much more effective and productive player in 2024. That's my take right now, Uh, just based on the defensive scheme alone. So... I, I don't think this team is as bad as many people seem to think it is. I think that, yes, we have holes in the roster. We need a quarterback, the most important, which is what dampens all the rest of it. We need a CB2. We need another pass rusher. We need offensive line support. Um, these are big needs. I'm not I'm not ignoring that fact, but I also think we have a couple of really good linchpin pieces, and bad teams don't have a couple of, players on their rosters that are some of the best in football right great teams don't have andrew thomas's or dexter lawrence Are rather bad teams Don't have Dexter Lawrence's or Andrew Thomas's on the roster. Um, They don't have Deontay Banks's on the roster. They don't have Wandale's on their roster. They don't have Kayvon's on their roster. They have bad teams overall. Um, You can build around some of these key pieces. And I think the Giants are developing some of their talent. We're going to see a big step forward next year from some of these players. uh, Maintaining excellence from others. Staying healthy is imperative. Um, So, yes, we're not the best roster in football by any means. But I would be surprised if a quarterback you know you go get your quarterback and he plays well, this team you know exceeds some expectations. you know what I mean? This isn't this, we're not that far off from being a competent team. We're not a super Bowl winning team, but we're not far off from being competent. and I think we're just a good quarterback away from that. like many teams are for what it's worth, not just the Giants. Um, so you know that that's kind of my, my take on that. You find the quarterback. I think what we could see is if they managed to get the CJ Stroud effect, we could see a much better Giants team in 2024, but again very hard to accomplish, not easy. But if you find a guy and you have a chance to get the guy that you think could be that level of talent, could elevate your franchise, you pull the freaking trigger because this is a very good draft class. And if you don't get one of those top elite prospects, you may not have a chance for a couple of years. And the Giants cannot wait. Joe Shane can't wait a couple of years to get his guy.
0: Yeah, and I'll even acknowledge... Maybe the Giants get the C.J. Stroud effect. Maybe they get the Bryce Young effect. Maybe this team is further off than we realize, and maybe they have a disastrous 2024 season, and maybe they don't even have a first-round pick to make up for it in 2025, and they find themselves in the same situation as the Carolina Panthers. But for me personally, I'd rather take the chance, try to find the C.J. Stroud rather than sit on your hands and wait for Daniel Jones to become that guy. It's been a long time of waiting. He's coming off of the ACL tear. He's had neck surgery. He's had multiple injuries to his ankles concussions he's always banged up and he's never playing at his highest level and yes there are a lot of factors that hold him back from that the Giants need to give him more talent they need to improve the offensive line I understand all that so many offensive coordinators have changed but why not just wipe the slate clean and start over with a new quarterback that you can hopefully have completely healthy with one coaching staff for a long time with a set of playmakers built in for him. That's what I'm hoping to see from the New York Giants. And it sounds to me like that's what they're hoping to make happen this offseason. However, they're picking number six overall. So it might end up being Daniel Jones show once again in 2024. And we are going to have to prepare for that possibility as well. But it is going to be interesting. The combine, this is the start of the event. You've got all the GMs speaking to reporters, but the event's about to really heat up in the next couple of days. Once the drills begin, once we see who are the Giants interviewing, who are they meeting with, which prospects are they keeping a close eye on at the scouting combine. And of course, that's all the fun stuff that we're going to be updating you on right here on Fireside Giants. So make sure to leave a like if you did enjoyed this episode. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. Ring the bell so you don't miss an episode. Comment your thoughts on the topics down below in the comment section. If you're listening to Apple Spotify, please make sure to leave us a five-star review. Go ahead and follow us on all of our social media channels at Fireside Giants. But without further ado, we will catch you on the next one. Have a good one, and let's go Giants.